Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Very live, very live. And I, uh, we're here with a podcast that's been three and four years in the making. And uh, obviously, we don't have a name yet, but I am your host, James Craner. I'm also here with my best bud in the entire world, Mr. Tyler Stevens. Mr. Tyler Stevens, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I got a haircut today. You know what I mean? My girl UV, my girl UV hooked me up. So, uh, good to go, man. Good to go. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I don't have to worry about that. Your boy's bald. <laughs> Shout out to uh, all bald people out there. Bald nation. Bald nation. Bald, beautiful people out there. Ooh, my man's got a police mustache right now, too. Damn. Looking good. Quarantine makes bald. Quarantine makes bored, man. You know, you just look at the beard and you're like, Okay, yeah, I can see that. That's a good time. All right, so obviously this podcast, we're going to talk about sports in general. I mean, we can talk anywhere from NHL to NFL to MLB to NBA to UFC to whatever. But today, today episode one, we're going to talk about probably our favorite sport together. We're going to talk about the NFL, Mr. Tyler, right? So right now, I have, I have three topics for you, three of them. All right, so my first one, right, is okay. we're going to talk about Cam Newton. Talk about Superman Cam. Cam. Superman Cam. We're talking about, are you surprised that he hasn't been signed yet? Okay. Is that the question? Is that, that is the question. There's a, que- there's, a fo- there's a follow-on to that, but I'll ask you that one first. Yeah, I got you with the follow-on afterwards. <laughs> um, I I am a bit surprised that he has not been signed yet, uh, especially since Jameis Winston has already been signed. Ooh, crab legs! Oh, crab legs! Winston has been signed as backup to Drew Brees, and it's obvious that he went there to learn. He didn't. He's not asking for a lot of money. Can I butt in? But but that's the thing though. Can as as a quarterback last year who threw, it like broke the re- he broke the record for interceptions last year. Yeah, he had the same amount of touchdowns. But as a quarterback who who has touchdown the same touchdown and interception, can you really ask for a shit ton of money? You know what I mean? No, you really can't. I mean, I feel like once once Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay. It was very blatantly obvious that he was out. And it was just like, okay, where is he going to go? Because we've obviously talked about before, like there's been there's been other teams that uh, he could have gone. But that's the thing. I don't think any of us saw Brady going to Tampa Bay. And I know you and I talked. I know you and I, you and I talked off, like off, uh, off, uh, off the air, whatever you want to call it. To the side, we talked about it, and we were asking. I was asking you, "Hey, where do you think he's going to go?" And I think we both agreed that the one spot that he, get Cam Newton, could go, and that he could possibly start, was Miami. Yeah. And but now that they drafted Tua, woo boy, uh uh-uh. uh, and I still think. You think? Yep. Why do you say that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Cam Newton, he got to. I mean, statistically speaking, like you look at his stats, you look at his numbers. He's a good quarterback. Now, the past couple of years, he's had injury. Granted, he's had a lackluster receiving core. Granted, um, even Greg Olson. He did a lot of running and a lot of 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and also too with that, I think uh, his size, how big he is. Uh, I think refs were kind of letting stuff go because he was getting killed sometimes. He was getting. Oh, he was getting. Yeah, he was getting. He was getting, as we like to say, he was getting molested, and uh, yeah, refs were not helping him out. And it's the it's the conversation that um, my PA Lieutenant Palmer and I had in uh, Kuwait. And he'll be on. He'll be on this in uh, probably a couple. Whenever quarantine's over, I know he'll be over, and he'll be talking with you too, because um, he's a man. Of, he's a man of the people, a man of football. He uh, he really watches college too, so that's always a that's always a good thing to have on. Because uh, I'm not a huge college football fan, so it's good to have somebody. It'll be good to have somebody on here. What's that? Yeah, it'll be. And, Oh, exactly. And it'll be good to have him because I'm not very good with college players' names, and I know he'll be able to pick up the slack on that. So that will help out. But, um, yeah, like uh, he was saying – we were talking about this too, and like – oh, he's also a diehard uh, Carolina Panthers fan, so obviously he's had to deal with Cam ever since Cam came in the, into the NFL and obviously got drafted by the Panthers, number one overall. But in – in college, Cam ran a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of option play uh, at Clemson. It was sort of like a Tim Tebow esque sort of thing, where uh, there was a lot of options. And then if you want to compare him to RG three, RG three ran a ton in college as well, and then obviously came into the NFL and learned very quickly that hey, maybe I should stop running after he destroyed his knee. I really. As soon as you mentioned an uh, example, I, my mind immediately went to Trent Williams. But please yeah. continue, sir. I mean, they didn't, they didn't take his health issues um, serious. So when he decided to take it serious, he got off the side. And, you know, there was a bunch of press releases and stuff like that. And it turns out he had a cancerous growth. Like, the man had and that's the crazy thing too. Why does it always happen in sports that when, when players say they're hurt, people automatically are like, "Oh no, he's faking it." Oh, why doesn't he suck it up and, and get out there and play? Example, and I'm gonna switch sports for a second. Kawhi Leonard. Why does that always happen that, that that fans, that's the first thing they go. Oh, why doesn't he just suck it up? Why doesn't he play? Okay, well one, it's not your body. You know what I mean? Two, people, the people saying it probably couldn't play basketball in, in fucking high school. <laughs> um, if you're playing it in the NBA at the top level and you're expected to be one of, the, one of the top five players in the league, obviously if you're not feeling well, you know, like, and you keep saying, hey, something's wrong with me, and the trainers and everybody are like, oh, nothing's wrong with you. How can you honestly say nothing's wrong with you? But as a player, that that's just like one thing that I I don't get, and I'm I'm guessing that's the whole thing that happened with Trent Williams in the Redskins office. But I'm guessing it happens more than I'm guessing it happens more than often around the league. But it just like big time players, as soon as somebody gets hurt, I, everybody just immediately is like, oh, they're faking it. Why don't they? And it's usually like always after uh, like big deals. You know what I mean? Like somebody will get somebody will get like a, a crazy deal. Like for for example, for example, uh, uh, who just got a who just got a really big uh, oh Carson Wentz for example right just got just got that extension. Your, your boy Carson Wentz just got a huge extension. <laughs> He's got a huge extension. Like what if he preseason right gets turf toe and complains about it you know all the way through a week 
you know, eight or nine of the regular season, like, like doesn't really play, people would lose their fucking minds. Philly fans would turn on him. We just paid this man all this money, and he wants to complain about turf toe. I don't know if you've ever had turf toe before. That shit fucking hurts. That's a rough day, y'all. That shit fucking hurts, and especially as a quarterback with somebody. And and again, like as a lineman, you want to be fully comfortable when you're trying to protect the protect the passer. You don't want to be thinking about anything else but but protecting the passer. And if I went back to Carson Wentz's example, as a quarterback, your feet, as much as your arm, are your life. If your feet aren't set, the ball is not going to go where you want to go. If like if, if your footwork isn't good, it's ex- a sale. There it is. If your footwork isn't good, you can't dance around the pocket. There it is. And and he make and he made his living too. And he made his living too being able to escape and uh mm-hmm. being able to escape and get away. That was like one of his like like main like qualities, like main things that, that, that makes him elite. And I know if he had turf toe, I know people would turn on him. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about the Redskins front office with Trent Williams, but, yeah, that's... Well, here's the other thing. Professional athletes, it, it's, it's a game against time. You know, it, it's not like other careers out there in the world. You, you have a certain amount of time where your body is going to be able to play that sport. You know, some sports longer. You can have pitchers in the MLB go until their mid 40s life after you after you stop playing because you got like who's that there's like a couple running backs from back in the day that are like walking around with like crutches and shit you know what i mean like and like obviously like back in the day we all used to love it like big fucking hits like really didn't really didn't worry about helmet to helmet that used to not be a thing like that was just a that was just an everyday thing with hits back in the day, and like, yeah, obviously, like you look at it now, like some people, some people have uh, obviously like really bad like mental problems from it, and like, right. like so I get like, I don't know, <laughs> we got so off topic. <laughs> Talking about Cam Newton and then going over to Trent Williams. That's crazy. <laughs> it happens. So, uh, to kind of close off, we're in agreement that players should, especially because it's a multi million dollar corporation, mm-hmm. um, it's through, through all sports, it, it, it's a multi billion dollar corporation, really, if you think about it. And they're there for
the offseason, started learning a whole new uh, throwing motion. Uh, it didn't really work out, and then he got injured again. Kyle Allen comes in, has good games, so they just decided to roll with him. And then I also think I made this comment before. I've thought about it a little bit more since then, and I still kind of agree with it. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly on the same level, and it's not nearly as impactful as what Colin Kaepernick did. Ooh. But but there's there's just there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Like Colin Kaepernick has been more or less blacklisted by the NFL. Yeah. I mean. But do you think they're doing the same thing to Cam Newton? That's what you're saying. I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the same thing, but there has been a lot of Forster from that Carolina Panthers franchise. On Cam Newton, on his reputation, and on his ability. So I think the only difference between Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton, obviously, is like Cam Newton has been, I guess, like ostracized by the Carolina Panthers organization themselves. Colin Kaepernick is more of the entire NFL and Roger Goodell. Yeah. That's that's been what it, what it is, but. Like, because I, because like, that's the thing I follow. But that's the thing. But but that's the thing. Why hasn't he been signed yet? Then. Granted, they didn't perform that well in the Super Bowl, but against that Broncos defense, I don't think anyone would have really performed all. Oh yeah, no, that Broncos defense was disgusting. You had Von Miller coming off one side, and Demarcus Ware coming off the other. Come on now. Forget about it. You're not. Mm, no. Come on now. I, I think I wouldn't have been upset myself if the Bears had signed him instead of going and getting Nick Foles. Big dick Nick, man. I really wouldn't have. I think Cam Newton's a good quarterback. I think he deserves a chance to at least go into a place where there's a little bit of quarterback comp- competition. Yeah, and try to try or, to get that starting job. to go to a place where, you know, maybe they have someone young who's similar playing style. And, you know, obviously he's, he's far and above much bigger than most quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. I mean, the man is built like a pass rusher. He's gigantic. But at the same time, I mean, if he can go in there and help kind of smooth over some rough edges on a younger quarterback, really help him out, I mean... That helps him because he's getting paid, even though he's back up. But then it also helps him with the reputation of, oh, he went in and helped this young quarterback be well. Maybe we should start looking at him for like a quarterback coach position, something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Because he just turned, I think he just turned 30 the other day. Uh, 30 or 31. Yeah, he was 30 or 31 the other day. I follow him on Instagram, so I've been seeing like a lot of his like workouts and stuff, and he. He's like rearing to go. He's he's rearing to get that chance, man. And like I wish I wish honestly, like I wish the Pats would have gone and gotten him, man. At least give him at least giving him a chance. You know what I mean? Like and again, like a whole nother topic is Jared Stidham and how he's gonna do and I'm I am uh bracing myself as a as a diehard Patriots fan, I'm bracing myself for this season because it's going to be uh bro it's gonna be difficult it's gonna be difficult to to live through it'll be going back to my childhood days of uh getting poop pounded by the Steelers and uh I but that's the thing it's gonna be it's a it's a rebuilding year so I'm not really oh geez my phone's about to die why couldn't you just be here? Uh, what's my phone at? Can we get your parking real quick? Oh, it's at 10. It's at 10. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, man, like, I, uh... I don't know, I guess, uh... Yeah. guess we'd see. guess we'd see how, uh... Jared Stem's gonna do, but... Um, 
we'll wrap we'll wrap up that time. What's your topic? I want to know what I want to know what your topic is because you were telling me it's gonna be. All right, I think you're really really gonna like. Okay. Now I'm gonna read off uh, career stats real quick. You said career stats. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. You're not going to tell me who they are? Not yet. Oh, God damn it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying first ballot. Okay. Because my whole thing, right, is I wish I could do more, uh, I guess, like research on it, is how they pick who gets in. I know it's, I know it's votes. It's, it's committee vote, yeah. Yeah. So... So, and that's the thing. Are they going up against? So say so. Those say those two quarterbacks are uh, are um, like up for Hall of Fame, and there's two other ones that have, we'll say similar stat lines. Are they going okay. off? Are they going off of like what are they going off of? Like only stats? Are they going off whatever like Super Bowls? Are they going off of? Because that'd be the only thing. That'd be the only thing that would uh, that would sort of. I guess uh So what what my understanding of what the selection committee goes off of is the overall impact to the game of football and okay. then also the overall impact to what they did for their team. Okay. You know, okay. Teams, teams have their own Hall of Fame circle, Hall of Fame ring, stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's of course the Canton, Ohio Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, of course, of course. Two separate things, but I've never heard of someone being in the Canton Football Hall of Fame and not being within their team Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, that's true. Who? I, I'm. It's gonna kill me. Who are these QBs? Um, the first line that I've read off is Big Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. The second stat line that I read was uh, drafted to the Saints here by the Chargers and then traded to the Giants, Mr. Eli Mann. Wow. Damn. So I think with those two, again, I think we're going to go off Super Bowls, and I think both of them are going to get in. Um, Again, like you were saying, I don't know about first ballot, but I know they'll get in. I I don't think either of them. Um, the big thing that I will say is that um, Eli Manning did retire earlier this offseason. Um, ben Roethlisberger has not, and he's been very adamant that he is going to come back and try and play another two or three years. That's what his big 
do some more. You know what I mean? To kind of pad his throat stuff like that. I think... Okay, okay. I think Eli is going to get into the Hall of Fame. I think both of them will, like you said, but yeah, maybe not Maybe not first ballot. I think Eli Manning... I think Eli Manning's resume is a bit over-padded because of the fact that he beat the Patriots for his duty. During, you know, one part of their dynasty and then the second part of their dynasty because he won in 08 and 2012. Yeah, I could see that. That's that's a good point. So, so I think, you know, what, what happens is he has beaten another AFC team during that time frame. You know, what if the 08 was he beat Steelers and the 2012 was he beat his brother and the Denver Broncos? Do you think it carries the same weight? I think the Broncos won by carry more weight because he beat his brother. Mm-hmm. Who, without doubt, is the better of the two. Obviously. But, you know, it's still... It, it's the fact that he beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of lifting up his resume. Again, unless it's a really slow year, which, with all the players that have been retiring and because he's not eligible for another five years. You have to be consecutively retired for five years before you are um, before you are put before the committee for voting. Okay. And unless it's a really slow year, I don't see making first ballot. Oh no, yeah, I think yeah. I think they'll both get in second ballot. But that was a good question though. I like it. I, I think, uh, I think they both deserve it. Um, I, I have reservations with uh, the teams that were put around because I don't think I, I don't think we can really argue the point that. Ben Roethlisberger has consistently had a competitive team put around him yeah. for everything that he's been in. Like, uh, I can't, I can't think of time where, with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm, it, you know, the Steelers haven't had a good competitive at least going to make the playoff, potentially make a deep push, team around him. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, but you're right. the Giants have had some god-awful teams put around Eli Manning. Yeah, that's true. And especially... But yeah, towards, But especially towards the end there, he didn't have much of an offensive line to even think about. But, you know, another thing is, like, I've never, I've never had a conversation with someone where Eli Manning has been at the top three, top five quarterbacks listed in the league. Oh, my God. Never one. I would, never they won. would, they would lose all credibility in my mind of, of sports. Exactly. And, uh, life. And, uh. Just in general, in, life. just life, <laughs> life in general. Maybe never be allowed to speak again. Right. So, I think the conclusion is that they're both Hall of Famers. They both should go into the Hall of Fame. Um, neither one of them are necessarily first ballot. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Oh. What if? What if? if we're, we're done with Eli. Okay. What if Ben Roethlisberger in the next couple of years gets a third 
back from that horrific elbow. And somehow gets a third ring. Lasering the ball all across the field with, you know, decent receivers, but not, yeah, I mean. Okay, so like, what are you saying? Like, uh, would he be? Would he go from a second ballot to a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, do you think that that would his his voting stop so much that we are not looking at a potential first ballot? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it would. I think it would. I think he'd stay a second ballot Hall of Famer. I think it's because I think it's because I think I'm saying that because I'm thinking about it realistically and just like thinking about the team around him and like thinking there's no way in hell that that would happen. That's that's like the only that's the only reason I'd probably say he'd stay a second ballot Hall of Famer. Cuz he like he wasn't like like yeah, you like you said he was conce- like he's a he's a competitor. He's a good quarterback, but like, when's the last time they uh, when's the last time they made a deep playoff run? You know what I mean? It's been a minute. That's the only reason I'd say that. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you ready for my second topic? Go for it. All right, so talking about the Baltimore Ravens now, right? Talking about Lamar Jackson, Big Truss, MVP. Um, will the Ravens' offense now, mind you, will their offense be as effective this year as it was last year? I.e., the Rams. And this is a big thing. And I wish Lieutenant Palmer was here because I was talking about him with this. Talking about this with him. Yeah, that's how you say it. That's English. Um how the Rams and Sean McVay, they kind of came out of left field with their, with their, uh, you know, obviously tied, like pound the ball with Ty Gurley. And then once, you know, people started pressing up, there's a bunch of play action. Everything comes off the play action. And, uh, it seems like nobody could figure them out. Um, it seems like no one could figure them out right off the rip when they first came out with it. And then, you know, you got sort of an off-season to deal with it, and, like, very next season, it wasn't as effective anymore. But you think the people will people will figure the Ravens out? Do I think the people will figure out the, the Ravens offense? Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. Because the big difference between the situation with the Rams and the situation with the Ravens is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. He, he's the top quarterback. Um, where I forgot who said it. There was a defensive player this past season who who said this, and I wish I could remember who it was. Give them credit where credit is due. But he said, he said most of the time throughout the league, when it, you know, defense versus offense, you kind of discount the quarterback. You know what I mean? So it's it's more of an 11 on 10 situation. Okay. But with Lamar, it's a fully 11 on 11. Yeah, but with Lamar, he's liable to break off for a 47-yard touchdown run. Yeah. With some juice and spin moves and stiff arms. With the vast majority of quarterbacks in the league, you don't have to worry about that. So, I mean, he's the type of player where if something breaks down and he doesn't get his first read or... The routes aren't open. He breaks pocket. Sees what his receivers do. He doesn't like it. He'll take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a consistent. I mean, that offense, no matter what, consistently, you're gonna have you're gonna have to run a spy. And not only are you gonna have to run a spy, you're gonna have to run 
of a spy on the quarterback, on Lamar Jackson, that's able to keep up with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So your your spy can't be, you know, a lineman, and it can't be the vast majority of linebackers. It's going to have to be a safety of some sort. who's able to get across the field quick enough. Which there are a few there are a few linebackers in the league that I think could keep up with their lateral quickness and his pocket breaking ability. I do I do think that there are a couple linebackers that can do that. I think they will still be I think they're still gonna be effective. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're still going to be explosive. I think it's going to be more of a Kansas City situation where even though you know what they can do, you know how they do it, you know how they can do it, they're still going to do it, and there's little that you can do about it. Okay, I asked you that. I agree with you to a certain point, as in... Right. If, uh, if Lamar starts getting hit, though, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it might... Stop him from oh, that running. Might be a of the plan. Yeah, I think it might stop him from running as much. I think uh, people really start getting after him and hitting him. Um, like, of course, like the problem is actually being able to solidly hit him because the dude has juke moves and spin moves for days. But if you're able to actually hit him effectively, it might deter him from running. And I guess we'll see, like. I guess we'll see what uh what ended up happening this season and the next season after that. But well, yeah, I'll focus on this season. But we'll see if he like see if he doesn't take yeah. a, like a good shot because all it takes is that one hit. Um, I.e. like Kiko Alonso and Joe Flacco. You know what I mean? Joe Flacco slides. Kiko Alonso still hits him. All it does is takes that one hit that uh, you know, you might have a concussion or you know hits you right in the knee and tweaks your knee the wrong way or. Or something, and, and that might deter him from running as much. I think that would be the only thing. Like his his accuracy isn't that good, too. He's not really a lot of his a lot of his passes that he was throwing. The guys were open, like wide open, or, or he's getting to lead them. Like as far as passes, like in traffic, yeah, he's, you're gonna have a couple of those. But consistently throwing passes in traffic, he really wasn't. Uh, really wasn't that guy. He wasn't like Mahomes that can like squeeze it. He can like rifle it in there. So I think, I think people will figure him out for the most, for majority part, because they've had an entire off season to, to break down what they've been doing. But it's one thing of going to the film room and being like, all right, here's what we do, here's what we're going to try to do, and actually playing them and stopping it. So like, like you said, I think knowing what they can do, and trying that, trying trying to stop them, actually being able to stop them will be two different things. So that'd be actually exciting to watch this year to see if people actually took the time, sat down, and were like, all right, we know what they're going to do. Can we actually stop it on the field? There's difference in, like, right. practice, and there's difference in actually out on the field. Right, and in the case of the Chiefs, I mean, they just have speed everywhere, so they can take the top off of oh. the defense oh, yeah. on any given play. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And the Ravens really only have one big Easter, and that's Hollywood Brown. Yeah. But they, and that's the thing, they they did it with the tight end sets, man. They did it with the tight end sets. And again, like, damn, Lieutenant Palmer, shout out Lieutenant Palmer. If he was here, uh, he was breaking it down for me and how he would stop the motion, how he would stop uh, the tight end motion, how he would stop Lamar Jackson from the options and everything. He broke it down perfectly for me, how he would stop it. And it makes sense. It makes sense. But I guess we'll see if uh, people are actually able to stop the Ravens this year because uh, they had a pretty dynamic offense. And obviously the Chiefs got better too. All right. Yeah. My, my last question for you, and then we'll wrap this up. My last question for you. We're going to shift to Dallas. Shift to Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy. Now, Mike McCarthy, 
Good coach. Good coach. Um, obviously, got fired by the Packers and got hired in Dallas. Now, I'm not talking about good signing as in you're signing a good head coach. I'm talking about is that going to be good chemistry between him and the crazy thing is like as far as chemistry goes usually you only have to really worry about chemistry with the players as a coach right like oh is is the coach gonna but like in dallas especially you have to worry about jerry fucking jones jerry fucking jones and that that is something that as for for me, I'm gonna, I'll ask you this question first. But do you think that's gonna be he's gonna do well in Dallas, or do you think he'll be able to hold up in Dallas? Because obviously he has a good team around him. The team's the team's good, but mm. well, I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because first, he studied under Mike Holbrook. Legendary head coach. Ooh. Shout out shout out Seattle. Shout out Packers, too. I mean, he's the one who was coaching Brett Favre. Yeah, true. But I think um, a lot of people will remember him from, uh, like, his Seattle, coach yeah. end. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, first, he was studying under Mike Holbrook. And again, and again, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about players here. Are a publicly owned team. I'm not. Yeah, again, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about players here. I'm talking about Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy relationship because I know exactly where you're about to go there, and that's why I love as much as you don't like the Packers. I like how the Packers are like uh, publicly owned. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, he was the head coach for freaking what was thirteen seasons? Something like that, yeah. I had a bunch of first round playoff exits to show for it, never won a playoff game, but was still the coach. Yeah.
to try and win his way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if Jerry Jones does their step on my toes and it is like, well, I'm not liking this, then what is Michael Parker going to do? He can take the stance of, well, if you don't like it, you coach the team. Oh, you don't want to coach the team? Then let me do what I was hired for. I think there'll be, I think, and yeah, I'll, I agree with everything you said. I think there's going to be more bite back with uh with Mike McCarthy obviously than um there was there would there would be with uh can't talk whoa 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 but there would be with uh coach Clapp and uh, Jason Garrett and uh, I think Jason was very um sort of whatever Jerry Jones wanted sort of thing like I don't see him as the the, the kind of guy to sort of like talk back to Jerry or do any of that but I see Mike McCarthy as that guy and I think and again like you said I think it will do it will be based on how well the team's doing because and again that's a that's another argument for another day that we can have another time about uh it's crazy to me how when a team is losing everybody blames the coach but it's gonna obviously their relationship is gonna be based on how well they're doing uh and I think if, if they do start losing, I think we'll we'll look to see some turmoil between them. I could definitely see that being a topic on ESPN or like first take or one of these shows and where they have like the sound clips of uh, of them talking. It would definitely be like interviews after the game because, you know, Jerry likes to come down from his box and say what Jerry's going to say and everyone sort of waits to hear what he's going to say. And I'm guaranteeing like, after the first loss, everyone will be all ears to hear what he has to say, and obviously, like opening day, and it will just really be based on how well they're doing. But if they're winning, I could see this going over well because Mike McCarthy is a hell of a coach. Yeah, but they, I, but they start I, losing, and we could be in for I, some fun. Yeah, I think the biggest spotlight that not a lot of people are really talking about is on the Dallas Cowboys. Like, obviously, you have the spotlight for Jack Prescott's contract. Mm-hmm. Got that. It's a big topic. I understand. The man wants his money. Jerry Jones is trying to be whatever the case may be. Or maybe maybe he doesn't think he's deserving of the money. Mm-hmm. We can get into that at some other point. <laughs> but in general, I think that Dallas team has hasn't been shown the full spotlight. Okay. Like, for one, you let Byron Jones go in free agency. Okay. He probably he probably went after the money. Got it. I understand. Oh, he definitely did. Um but, you, know, you got good deals done with Jim Smith and uh Mark Lawrence, good, good, solid contract. They did lose one of their elite offensive linemen. Retired. Yeah, I think it was. was uh, it? I think it was Zach Martin. Was it Zach Martin? Uh, or was it Travis Frederick? I think it was Travis Frederick. Yeah, it might have been Sag- Yeah, the center. It was one of them. Yeah, I think it was Travis Frederick. That could be yeah. wrong though. But yeah, you're so, right. But that's the thing, though. It's so I'm again. You can't see because there's no video during this. But I'm doing a little bunny ears. It's America's team, America's team. So like, there's always (laughs) there's always gonna be a spotlight on the Dallas Cowboys, no matter what. They could have fucking. uh, They could have fucking. They could have hired Tom Coughlin during the off season, and yeah, we'd be talking about it, but. It's America's team. There's always going to be a spotlight on them. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it would have been regardless of who's coaching them because 
just because of the prestige of the team. And uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how I'm excited to see how they do this season, especially with um, with what they've with what they've done. I'm excited to see if Dak's actually able to uh, keep it up. I guess like obviously not getting paid is probably gonna be in the back of his mind. So uh, see how that goes. Uh, see how Mike McCarthy does. See if uh, if uh, the ship starts tipping. See if people are quick to be like to point fingers at him. Point fingers at Dak. Maybe Zeke if Zeke's not running the ball hard enough after he just got that deal. But uh, obviously, Mari Cooper got a deal. They just got C.D. Lamb. So uh, that offense is going to be offense is going to be dangerous this year. That should be good. Uh, their defense, obviously, like Demarcus Lawrence. You got two solid young middle linebackers in uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess I guess we'll see how the Cowboys do, especially with Mike McCarthy at the helm, man. But uh, it's gonna be a fun year. As long as there's football, it's gonna be a fun year. Oh, it's gonna be a fun, fun year, buddy. I cannot wait for football. I cannot <clears throat> wait for football. But yeah, we've been talking for like probably an hour and some change now, so I'm going to wrap this up. But this, this, ladies and gentlemen, was episode one of uh, the unnamed podcast for now. We'll think of names. Um, yeah, it's funny that we've been talking about names for like three or four years. <laughs> and we don't have a name yet. <laughs> right? I mean, I think, yeah, that that's like a very small part. We could easily do that. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something cool. We'll come up with something cool. Have to. It'll have to entail all sports though, because it won't just be NFL every single time. And uh, I know whenever this damn coronavirus, COVID, COVID shit ends, I know I'll have my PL Lieutenant Palmer in here too, and uh, we'll be all we'll be chopping it up, uh, all three of us talking about various sports topics, but mainly the NFL because that is the one. That I am the most excited for. Most definitely. Most fucking definitely. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is James Craner, Mr. Tyler Stevens, all the way out in in uh damn where are you, Tampa? Yep. <laughs> Tampa Bay, Florida. We are signing off and have a uh, have an amazing day. Wear your mask. Don't touch your face. <laughs> Wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. I like that. We should say that every time. Wash your damn hands. We should say that every time. Every time we sign off, wash your damn hands. Like this is James and Tyler signing off. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, and that's it. We're out.